some say he's a technical whiz. Some say he was born in Cornwall. While some say that he's on a journey. It's the journey, and here's your host, David Hackett. another journey and as you know i'm david aka wise words 1983 where we can shoot the hashtag share wise word or two and we definitely share a wise word or two today because our guest is a professional journalist a passionate communicator and a restless soul and their purpose through their brand communica para ispara i hope that's pronounced right is which translates to communicate to inspire is to help entrepreneurs ngos foundations and international organizations to craft and express their mission and goals so that more people who share their vision can support them and generate positive advancements in their lives communities and environments so we're going to go on a journey of our guest diana silver franco hello hello Back into the journey. I'm loving this already. I mean, you, I wrote that bio, but you say it in a really good way. It's like I'm inspired now. That's the way it is. <laughs> That's how it works. I could do it in a voiceover way where I could say Diane Silver Franco, but. Uh, see? Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's the idea. You know, people hear that and be like, oh, wow communicate to inspire you know people communicate to do a lot of different things like to manipulate to confuse to scare um to make people to make others laugh and but and sometimes rationally as well we got to think of the rational yeah yeah it's true but how many people have you heard say oh yeah i like to communicate to inspire Mm -hmm. and maybe that's what we're going to call this podcast Oh, mm. that's a plan. <laughs> that's good a plan. And as you see, anything goes and anything does go. And Dinah comes from, let me get it right, Spain. Ah, that's, well, if you go back to the colonies in the 1500s, yes, but not really. I'm from Venezuela. Venezuela. Um, yes, I was born there. Um a few decades ago. Many moons ago, as I said on my post yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I was born there in a time where everything seemed possible. It was, you know, that time where Venezuela was enjoying the advantages of being a rich country and petroleum and modernization. And everyone wanted to like go there for vacation and we had really cool buildings and cool museums, and it was good to be there back then. You know, like yeah. I grew up surrounded by music. I I was studying ballet when I was I think three years old or something. Mm. Um, and I did theater, and I loved it. It was really really fun. Um, and yeah, I was I was just exposed to so many things. My dad is a filmmaker. And my mom is a doctor. So you can imagine, like, I had everything in between filmmaking and medicine in my house. Mm. I learned to read with, like, medical journals. And so I would ask when I was four, like, mom, what is a coitus interruptus? <laughs> and my mom would be like, well, uh, where did you read that? And so she would show me the medical journal <laughs> and explain it in the best. Uh, technical way for a four-year-old um so yeah I would, <laughs> I would make uncomfortable wow <laughs> uh, there was one word and it's always one word that I never could say even though I know most red medical words and I can say it now but at the time I had to shorten it down to SVT because that is what it's known as but supraventricular tachycardia oh man that's a long one and I would, the fun part about uh, reading medical journals when you're little is that your fantasies and your stories, you know, when you come back from school and you tell your parents how your day went, 
I would, I would just say what I saw of people. Like I, I thought my teacher was having a heart attack and my mother would be like, why do you say that? Oh, I don't know. She was sweating and she was agitated. And then she kept like touching her arm. And it was like, so weird. <laughs> I mean, those stories coming from a kid, um, it was quite particular. And then, of course, my dad being a filmmaker and his friends, you know, being all like bohemian and then reading like really interesting stuff. They would expose me to like music that was like completely different to anything a kid could imagine. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a very interesting childhood. I, I sometimes feel I was never really a kid. So I had like really adult conversations because I was surrounded by adults. Um, and that's why I don't like kids. Like, I don't have kids. I don't like them. They're annoying. Some, some people do. Some people don't. Yeah, I don't know. And like, and and yeah. for anyone watching or listening, she doesn't mean she completely hates them. She just doesn't no. want. No, I don't hate them. I find them fascinating. I have a few weeks ago. I had did, uh, I had lunch with a friend and her kid. He's nine, and I told him, "Well, I live. They're planning to move to Bilbao, which is where I live now." And he's like, "Yeah, I mean, I love the city. Why are you here?" And I'm like, "Well, five years ago." I came in vacation and I fell in love with the city. It's just, it's so beautiful, the people, and it's so clean and, and the river is so, it's like so peaceful. And he was like, five years ago? I was like, yeah. And see, five years later, I'm here. And he looked at his mom and he was like, but that's over half of my life. <laughs> like his mind was blown that something could take so long. And for me, it was like five years is nothing, you know, like I had a dream five years later, I got it. So seeing it from his point of view, it was like, yeah, that took a long time. I'm not going to wait five years for anything. Now. <laughs> but what could five, another five years bring? That's how I look at it. Because remember, I said when before the interview started, everything has a past, everything has a present, everything has a future. So I wonder what five ah. years later will bring. Ah, that's it's crazy because I I feel like every year there's so many things going on. Like my friends are always asking me, "Where are you now?" They don't ask me, "Oh, what are you doing?" or "What are you working on now?" Or like, no, they always asked me, where are you? And I lived in Argentina, in Buenos Aires for 12 years. But every time I would talk to them, they'd be like, where are you now? I'm home. But where is home now? Still in Buenos Aires. <laughs> so people, it's like people expect me to always be, you know, like in the middle of something huge. And sometimes I disappoint them and I'm this super boring person who's been living in the same place for a while. And some other times it's like, oh, I'm in the middle of an international move. I will call you in a couple of weeks. Um, so five years from now, I can see myself probably not living in Spain. Um, most likely living in the States for some reason. I don't know why. I feel so comfortable in the States. Like the Amer I, I'm a kid, a product of the American culture. In Venezuela, we watched all the movies, listened to all the songs, read all the books, like everything. So every time I visit the States, I feel like I'm understood. The references, the jokes, the, the food, oh my God, <laughs> everything. So, okay, five years from now, I could see myself living in the States and, yeah, probably going on vacation to Puerto Rico all the time. Makes Definitely sense. Puerto Rico. Makes sense. Yeah, just going for a good dance, you know, some good salsa over there <laughs> and a nice sun. Ah, yeah, that would be nice. And Puerto Ricans are so nice. I love their accent. Hmm. Um, it just, I feel they're it's super nice. Like, I don't know. I, I think I've met, I've met three Puerto Ricans in my entire life, but just for the way they talk, I feel they're the nicest people and I love them already. 
It's like when mm. I was um, 18, and that was many moons ago for me now, but when I was 18, I, <laughs> I remember I used to go to this takeaway in England, and it's, a past, you know, not a big, big chain. It was just one of those little ones, and they were Turkish, and they were like, we like you, we like you, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just me. But because I was always constantly in there, they said, David, English name, we adopt you as Turkish name, as Osma. So you're Osma. Oh, I love that. So I was introduced into their little culture of being, even though they didn't teach me Turkish, I was part of their culture by being. Well, I think that's one of the beauty of of living and, and growing up in an international city. Um, I mean, sometimes you grow up in, in small places, in small towns, and you don't get exposed to that diversity. But when you grow up in a big city, suddenly you see that there's a lot of people who do not speak your language and who do not look like you and whose, I don't know, music and food are so different. And if you grow up like that, by the time you're... 16 you are so like used to that it's like you know it's not turkish food it's not indian food it's not i don't know latin american food no it's it's all food and it's all music Mm. and you pick up words from the different languages and so somehow you become a citizen of the world because you're going to feel comfortable probably anywhere Mm. because you already know that not everybody is going to look like you and not everybody is going to speak like you, but they're all people and they're all around you. So I, in Venezuela, I wasn't exposed to a lot of um, foreign cultures. In Argentina, I got a lot more exposure. And since I got here in Bilbao, like I live across the bridge from the um, immigrants neighborhood, which is called San Francisco. And there's a lot of African, um, like from different countries in Africa, there's a lot of people and they hang out on Saturdays uh, in the bridge. Mm. So I can hear to like music. They're just playing drums on Saturdays. And it's like, wow, I don't even have to move away from my home to just listen to something that is so different and so cool. Like I I love African drums. Mm. So that you know being I, I I've always liked learning different things and, and like exploring different uh, cultures well languages I love languages I speak three fluently and right now I'm working on my French hopefully that'll do this year and then next year I'm going to speak Italian so the motivation behind that is that you open a new door. If you speak one language, you open that door. But if you speak two, three, four languages, you're like living in different universes. You can speak to so many different people. You can learn so much. Ah, how could you, like, how could you not? How could you not want to do that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's fascinating. It's but, just but you were talking about different sounds and growing up, most generations my age would like you know eighties music, nineties music, you know the kind of genre that everyone was used to. I was the odd one now because I like the Greek composer and he's no longer with us, Pangelis, <laughs> who was in the punk rock group in the sixties for another reason, but. Yeah, I grew up liking Vangelis because he was synthesizer yeah. because of Chariots of Fire. Now, that's yeah. a, that's an inspirational film in its own right, Mike, because obviously it was based on going to the Olympics in 1912, I think it was. But his music to the <laughs> film was just amazing. Yeah. And, you know, he was multicultural because he was Greek. But he also lived in France. He lived in other Italy. I think he, you know, he rarely yeah. gave interviews, but he was very cultured. Yeah. And that's what but, I, like. um, I mean, one thing that I believe, for example, uh, well, back then when we were super young, 
it was a thing that artists um, had maybe uh, right now with the whole digital nomad movement, it's like everyone has the potential to live in many places and see different things and then have that influence and then have that influence your work, have that influence the way you talk and how you present yourself in social media. And of course, you need to be careful. I joke with my friends. I have one of my best friends is from India. Another one is from Singapore. Another one is French and another one is Canadian. So I have best friends from like all over. And we always talk about what is cultural appropriation and what is, as they said in, and just like that, you know, Carrie Bradshaw, um, cultural appreciation. Because of course you see so many great things and you um, listen to so many beautiful things and you want to incorporate that to what you do. So, okay, what's the, what's the limit? where it's appropriate and and how do you do it to show that you that that you really respect that culture and that is why you're bringing it to i don't know to your music for example or to your paintings or to your writings so it's really interesting because back then 20 30 years ago it felt like you know different cultures were so far away we're like unreachable right now it's like i mean i have this African hub with many people from different places of Africa playing music in front of my house every Saturday. So it's like, I just have it here. And I wish, uh, one thing that I haven't done and I will do, see, that's my future. I will go there and I will try to get to know them a little better because it's interesting Um, as migrants, uh, we know, you know, that sometimes it can be hard, especially if you don't know the language and, and you struggle, you know, socializing and trying to adjust to the local culture. So I would really like to, you know, get to know them a little better mm-hmm. and and just not just see them from a distance from my window, but like be be there with them. Um, that is something that I believe we we all should try a little because we get too adventurous when we travel ah, and we are like everywhere and we ask mm. everything. But when you're home, you get lazy. Mm. Well, I get lazy. That's the truth. Like you're in New York and you walk 30 kilometers in a day and then you come back home and you're like, yeah, no, that's two blocks. Now it's raining. I don't want to go. <laughs> so mm. let's be honest. I need to work on that while I'm home, but I don't know. I believe that the world is so filled with different things, with diversity, that it's like impossible not to have curiosity, not to want to know more and learn more. Um, So, yeah, I I see that. I mean, some people can see the world as threatening and, well, a little messy, you know, humans, disaster. Mm. But... um, the world is also filled with beautiful sounds and sights and people yeah. as yeah. well. And that's what I like is that the wide range of diversity that the world does offer because, you know, from where it is to, you know, where it is now, you know, so like you said, the years have made everything so different and that's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, it's like right now we can... We, we can have anything and everything. We, we can talk to people from anywhere. We can, you know, we can, we can travel just by, yeah, just by visiting a different neighborhood in your city. You, it's like our parents had to, you know, plan for things and, and work in a different way. For us, it's sort of easier in a way and even if you don't travel, you just sit down and you talk uh, on Zoom with someone different, with someone interesting as well. So we have so many possibilities. And sometimes we don't take advantage of them because, well, it's true. People can be tired. I mean, we're working a lot. We have a lot of responsibilities. But we we can take the time, you know, just an hour a week to discover something new. And 
yeah, you'd be amazed at the amount of things that you can find on the internet. <laughs> it's crazy. From the good side of the internet to the extreme where it's really, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, again, the world can be scary sometimes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, the internet is like that because you are traveling the world wide web. So it is extreme because that is how life is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we've all had that moment where we go and, and look for something on Google and you just, you know, just to just type a phrase and then the results show something completely different to what you were thinking. And you're like, Oh, okay. Let's just close that tab. I don't need to. Yeah, no. Whatever. No, I'll make you laugh with another <laughs> example of my life. When I was 16, the school I was attending only just got internet installed on their computers. And they, Google wasn't heard of, or, well, Yahoo was, but Google wasn't. And they said, use this as a search engine. So they gave me the website for a search engine. And I think I mistyped it because it came up with something extremely not search worthy. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's like, it's like and in school. Yeah, it's like uh, awkward. And I and yeah. I like and I like you gave me this website and it was, I think I missed the R in the end what it was typed as and I came up with so I said, make sure this is blocked because we got no filters to block out what we're not allowed to look at. But yeah, it was a search engine. I forgot what it was called because, and I don't think it exists now. But yeah, they should. Oh not, man, not. I was like, yeah. I, I mean, let's be honest. It's 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 a human thing, you know. Humans can produce such beauty. They can produce beautiful music and beautiful art and and beautiful food, and and humans can also produce weird stuff. Weird. Mm. Very, like very, very. what is happening so i don't know i i find that sometimes i love humans and i find them fascinating sometimes i'm so tired of humans i'm like okay we're like we deserve extinction dinosaurs didn't deserve it we do um so i just fluctuate in those extremes um i guess every day because you know, people are people can be really crazy, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, I have my favorite people in the world, and oh, I I couldn't live without them. So yeah, humans, humans are interesting. Well, I learned one thing today, and I like this hashtag that you shared. Hashtag DND. It's a thing I'm going to start using now because now I know most acronyms, but that's one I barely heard of because you always see do not disturb or but yeah dnd i like that because it's just short and sweet it's like hey i use it on my whatsapp status mm. I, I i just i put it there and it's like if i don't pick up your call uh you should have read my status i said hashtag dnd and i'm serious about it so <laughs> it's just it's very useful i'm telling you so Going to being a passionate communicator, which we share in and a wrestler soul, we can tell that your purpose through your brand, and I hope I did say communicate, power, inspire, communicator, inspire, and you like helping entrepreneurs, NGOs, foundations, and international organizations craft and express their mission and goals. So, does that come through being a passionate communicator as well as being restless? That comes from being a passionate communicator and like an, 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 ex, an explorer, definitely. Um, I've been very lucky because I knew I wanted to be a journalist when I was 13. And that's the one thing I have done. I tried to get jobs as waitress. I didn't. I tried to get a job as a secretary. I didn't get that job. All jobs I've gotten have been in communications. <laughs> So that's all I do. And that's what I love. I, I believe words have this ability to, to build bridges that, that allow us to, you know, get closer to that other person or those others. Um, and that we can use them for good. Again, uh, you know, like words can, can create such 
beautiful uh, potential friendships and relationships and, and partnerships and can spark ideas. So when, when I thought about communicate to inspire, uh, what I, what I noticed is that there's a lot of people out there with brilliant ideas, people who work really hard and in, in like really interesting initiatives, people that are helping uh, improve the world, even if it is a community at the time, but you know, they're working really hard for that. And then when you talk about helping, you know, like, oh, how can I volunteer or what can I do to, you know, like, yeah, do something in my city. People think about the big initiatives, UN initiatives, or like big organization initiatives. They don't know about these small ones, these grassroots movements that are happening in their neighborhoods. So what these amazing people need is to put their message out there, is to be known and be seen. And they don't know how to do that. Or they don't have the time to do that because they're busy doing. So they don't talk about that. They don't go and build a website and take pictures because they're doing the important work. So my idea is, okay, I will let you do your important work, but let me um, build the words that can help you, you know, reach the others, the volunteers, the people who have maybe funds and they want to contribute, people who want to, you know, help you expand that that action. Um, yeah, I mean, a good idea is is great to have, but a good idea that is not communicated, it just dies there. Yeah, I feel that. And I just like because you said, to business or person has to start on their own foundation and you're just helping on that foundation because everyone just thinks and I'm not saying everyone I've spoken to but everyone usually just says you know everyone says you got to start from you know and we can help you but you let them start because it's down to them to start and I like that yeah. because it gets them thinking instead of someone thinking automatically straight away for them yeah, no, I mean, uh, there's there's one thing that I believe is very dangerous, and it's that uh, when people are trying to craft their identities for their initiatives, for their, I don't know, for their ventures, for whatever they're starting, um, there's going to be people who want to talk for you, who want to, like, put on the words. And if that is not authentic... For me, it doesn't work. Like, I mean, I can write this beautiful thing and put it on a website, but if then my NGO is not really working, you're going to see through it. You're going to know that I'm like, you know, collecting money to help the orphans, whatever, but I'm not really doing that. Or I'm collecting the money to help the orphans, but I don't really like kids, so I don't care. Um, so no, when when I think about communicate to inspire is about talking to these people, helping them see themselves, like, you know, be very clear on their identity. And then in those conversations, the keywords come out naturally. And so what they want to do, why they're doing it, how they see that working in their community and, you know, in other places. And Based on those conversations, then what I what I write and what I prepare for them is their own words. I'm not telling them what to say. I'm not coaching them, you know, to just shine on the interviews. No, I am using their own words to identify themselves because you have to be authentic. There's so much, you know, like... Uh, empty, shallow uh, words out there. That's that's not what I want to do for, for my clients and, and for the people in general. I want them to see substance, you know, like to, to find something real. Mm. And and that's that's what I really love about my work. And well, that's what I really love about communications in general. Because you know? mm. I could 
you know, I use the hashtag ShareWiseRoadAlton. Now, if I say it as ShareWiseRoadAlton, it sounds very average. Now, if I add the, like I demonstrated earlier, ShareWiseRoadAlton, or hashtag ShareWiseRoadAlton, you know, it just, <laughs> it just makes it more personal and makes it more fun because people can relate and say, oh, he's talking about ShareWiseRoadAlton. Yeah, exactly. And if then it me making it sound fun, they wrote it normal, but to them, because they heard it fun, they will actually will do the hashtag and do it in that way, or they will actually promote it and sharing it, and that's what I like. Exactly, exactly. And there's let's be honest, not everything has to be serious to be real. Mm. On the contrary, I mean, I was talking to uh, this person the other day, and I was like, authenticity for me or one of the key elements of authenticity is humor if i can laugh about myself it's because i know who i am and because i'm comfortable with my identity and i'm comfortable admitting that i'm clumsy and that sometimes i get you know those moments where you're at a bakery and you're trying to decide what to get and you get too close too close too close and then you hit your forehead with the like with the glass I do that all the time. And it sounds so loud that people come to me and are like, are you okay? Glasses. <laughs> <laughs> how, how can they not realize that I'm getting too close <laughs> to the glass? But I do that. And if you are comfortable with admitting that and with admitting any flaw that you may have, then people can relate to that. And people can see that you're authentic. So you don't have to be super serious and super formal. You just have to be whatever it is that you are. And people relate to the human behind that hashtag, that phrase, that picture. Because they're also humans. And mm -hmm. they, I don't know if everyone, but most people hopefully can relate to hitting their foreheads with glasses in the bakeries. <laughs> I don't know, it's embarrassing, but, you know, like, it, things happen to all of us. And if we talk to the other human, whatever it is in our audience, they can just come back and say something back. And, and that's you what, feel, and you that's feel what, like you have established a relationship yeah, in the end. And that's what the journey's about, because I always say everyone's journey is unique and personal to them. But at the same time, what makes it unique is because not everyone is the same. Not everyone is knocking their heads on the glass. Not everyone's gone traveling the world. Not everyone's gone experiencing being a parent. You know, it's just. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. And even elderly people who've been together for 30, 40, 50 years, you know, some of them might not have had children, so they experience <laughs> yeah. life just growing old and seeing life around them. But that makes it yeah. unique for them. Definitely. And, and, you know, when you talk to people, again, you open a door to another universe. Things that you took for granted, things that you thought were very basic, like, yeah, everyone hits their forehead, obviously. And it's like, yeah, no, not everyone. Like, I never met anyone that did that. It was like, oh, wow. And you talk to people and their life experiences are different. Even like I, I have a few really good friends from like way back then when we were young and like enthusiastic. And we went to the same school and we grew up at the same time. And we, we loved the Backstreet Boys. And, you know, we had a lot of things in common. But then you see how different we are, how different we turned out to be. And when we talk, it's so interesting because we're discussing things and we're like giving each other points of view that are like completely different. That is fascinating because if we were all the same, it would be so damn boring. So, you know, it's just people are interesting. Most people, I believe all people are interesting and everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has a journey. And if we sit down for a few minutes and we pay attention, what, we might be just mind blown, fascinated mm. by that person's journey 
you know, like just a normal person shopping for groceries that in the line while waiting to pay, they taste, they say something and you're like, wow, we don't know. We now, just have to be attentive. Now, I must point out, even though it's not showing our, our side now, I'm pointing to the top right-hand corner. Don't forget, we have got the playlist if you're watching on YouTube. So for Journey, playlist is up there right now. And I've got to remember where that timestamp is. So the Journey playlist up there. So going back to what we're saying. And I like promoting the podcast and the official podcast. And if anyone wants to know, you know where the podcast is. We got you subscribed. So going to it says it's led you, you to live in different countries and cultures, which is good, and to immerse yourself in different languages to access new conversations. Now, I remember when I first learned to language, I was five years old. And the language was Welsh. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. My respects. That is now, one very difficult language. Now, Welsh as a whole, English is fine because you've got English and then you've got the Scottish who sound high. I'm not going to do accent because I'll get <laughs> slated for it. But then you've got the Irish and then you've got the different accents in the different areas. But my grandparents moved to Wales when I was only five years old and... It's like a culture okay. shock for them because they're so used to English. And, you know, when she went to the post office, they were talking Welsh. And she's like, what are they saying? And then they started talking English. And she's like, why go? And But I learned from an early age. Welsh, when I had to go yeah. Wales, I had to learn because you knew where she lived was a 75% yeah. Welsh-speaking area. Wow. Oh, and it, so and, and if the Welsh found out you was actually proper English, you'd have pricks through your window. <laughs> they wouldn't like yeah. it. Yeah. So, so I had to learn Welsh quite quickly just to, for the sake of making sure Nan didn't get, get a prick through her window. <laughs> Even though she was retired, you'd never know. Someone could have came along and do it. But I learned. Yeah, so, well, so, that's beautiful. So I learned that. Quite quickly, uh, Nan was nine and granddad was tied. Oh. And I just started so saying it a lot more. It's like Nan, and she's like, Why are you calling me n- number? I said, No, I'm not calling you number. I'm calling you Nan in Welsh. So they don't actually think you're English. <laughs> <laughs> just to, you know, keep appearances. Yeah. Uh, but it's fascinating because, again, uh, one thing that I'm learning here in Bilbao, and you know, here uh, they have well, they speak Spanish uh, because it's the official language of the country, but they have Euskera, the Basque language, and they say I, I haven't properly researched, but what they have explained to me is that is the oldest language that exists and that is not dead. I mean, they still speak it here, um, and it's super difficult because you have no reference of anything like. If you speak German, some words sound like English. So, okay, you kind of have an idea. Um, but, and, and I believe Welsh is very similar. I don't know Welsh, it, but I, it I, I very, met someone. It is very similar. It's like but, most, it's like six, if you do a 10 sentence, sentence, 10 word sentence, six of them is in with four letters of English. So it's like, e. David and, and obviously David isn't David in Welsh, but it's David. But you know they do throw in the odd English word in the sentences. Like really, it's so when you hear the English, you kind of get what they're saying. But it depends where in that sentence that English word is. So if it comes exactly. halfway through, it's like what are they talking about? But <laughs> if it comes at the end, you kind of said, okay, they're talking about me. And then at the beginning, if it's uh, you know Shemai, it's like welcome or quite or welcome it's like you got to understand board up or now that i love it yeah. i love it see now i have another language i want to learn i met this guy from wales i think it was in 2017 and when he texted he would send something like i don't know so hello or good morning something in welsh and i had no idea but then 
just for the fun of it, I would copy and paste it. So I would send it to my friends and they were like, oh my God, are you learning another language? What are you doing? <laughs> so it was just fun. But here is, it's sort of the same, you know, like they value a lot if you use the local language, um, you know, even for the smallest things, like just the easiest part is saying, of course, like, hello, good morning, thank you, you know, you you listen to that everywhere so that you can repeat it, um, but learning it, properly learning it, it's something I want to do, but it's something that I know is going to take me a really long time because, again, it's like super different to everything that I know so far. Yet, when I hear people in the street talking, like some parents talking to their kids in, in Euskera, it's, I hear it, it's so adorable. So I, yeah, I, I always want to learn different languages, even if it is just that, you know, like learning the most useful phrases, like 15 phrases that are super useful. And then, then when you visit, hey, you can get into a bar and you can ask for a beer, but you can do it in the local language. And then people like you a little better. It's like, oh, they're, they're making an effort. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite phrase, though, when I actually did graph the language for Welsh, though, was cup of tea in Welsh, which was panado te. Panado te. Day. 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 D-E. Day. Panado te. Day. Oh, that's difficult, yeah. <laughs> or, I need more classes. <laughs> or, as they sh- I always shorten it, I just want a panad. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I I love that. I love. Well, one thing that I would like to do, and again, this is future me talking. Um, I would love to go to the UK and just deal with all the different accents that you have there. It's crazy. It is like you think you can understand. Like I speak English, I can understand that, and then I cross paths with someone that is from. I don't know where in the UK that is not London. I'm like, slow down a bit. But I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I was like talking about the different genres of English language. And he was like, what language would you say your English is? And I said, if you listen carefully, mine is the Queen's English because I speak like, yeah. Because, yeah. Now that is a, that is very good because that is how I describe myself. Now I know when I get excited, I go really quick and I go blah 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 blah. But my general vocabulary, because my nan spoke with the Queen's English, is through the Queen's English. So I speak, so I speak with the articulation of you know, yes, my name is Mom and Sir. Oh, I love it. That and, sounds so glamorous. And then you it's got like... the, <laughs> and then you got the conservative English, and I don't know what the others are, but I'm just remembering the two we was listening to. Conservative English is still like the Queen's English, but a bit more like exaggerated onto the. I don't know. Yeah, and that's the, a lot. <laughs> and then, and then where I come from originally in England, you know, there's a, like it's an area known as Cornwall. So they sound like proper job, my handsome, and like I do it directly. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, that's a tricky one. <laughs> you got to emphasize the errs in the proper, or I do it directly. It's like... uh, that's that's really funny because it's like it's true. It's like you think, okay, so England's English, and then Ireland's English, Scotland's oh. English, but the truth is. And in Wales English, even though they don't use it a lot. The, South, the, truth the is, South Wales people do, but it's a different type of Welsh. So, uh, Okay, okay. Good to know. See, I, I'm, I'm just gathering information for when I go. But even within the country, you're going to find such different accents. Mm. And it takes, I, I kind of feel it takes at least a couple of hours to just be sitting and listening until your brain can like start understanding. Like one of my best friends, her husband is Australian. He's from Melbourne, I think. And 
we met and he started talking to me, you know, like he was so excited, finally meeting. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it took yeah. While. Yeah, and he was speaking again, you know, like we speak so fast. So it's it's the same, you know, when I uh, sometimes I'm interviewing or just like having meetings with people um, from like South Africa, for example. And again, it's like the first part of the meeting, we just talk, you know, general stuff that is not really that important so that I can get into the accent and then I can jump in because, oh man, again, it, it's just the diversity, the differences, the 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 way and then the way it sounds it just it stays with me and then I start speaking English in weird ways it's like what are you doing are you like trying to mimic someone's accent I'm like no it just it, it stayed mm. and now it just comes out I can control it Close. it happens even in Spanish yeah like if if I talk to someone from Colombia let's say I can spend the next two or three, uh, three days Speaking like, yeah, like someone from Colombia. Yeah, but you it's like writing, you know, writing skills. Journalists have, and it always made me laugh because I learned mm-hmm. it myself. Journalists have a weird way of writing when they write notes for when they're interviewing because you see like, and I learned, like I said, I learned it, but it's like I was watching when I first saw it and it's like they were interviewing the politician and it's like, what were they doing? Because it just looked like lines and dots. And I'm like, how does that translate to words when you go back to the office? It but, is true. But when I actually went into media, I understood those lines and dots do mean something, but you've got to know what you're talking about with the lines and dots to understand. Yeah, you need context. You definitely need context. And a really good memory. Um, I, I, I've been trying the last couple of years to go back to handwriting because I, I stopped at one point because I really couldn't understand what I was writing. Like, I could see that I wrote something. I just, I have no idea what was it. So now I'm trying to go back, write slower, you know, more like, more mindfully. And so I take notes. I have my notebook here with me all the time. And she is uh, here, by the way, if anyone's wondering. It's just getting dark where she is. Oh, yeah, it is getting dark. I'm so sorry about that. It just, we lose light really quickly here in Bilbao right now. Let me see if this helps a bit. But yeah, it's getting dark. We can tell Winter behind you. We can tell it's dark behind you. That's why we're pointing it out for anyone <laughs> who's know. wondering. That's better. See? I know. Yeah, okay. That I'm back. <laughs> see? She's back in the light. <laughs> yes yes um so but yeah we... i i'm just i'm fascinated uh of of this journey just because we started talking about different things and suddenly i just find out that you know welsh That's and like, i and obviously wow. and obviously when i was 11 in school i had to learn another language i had to learn french but that was bog standard but yeah course, but there was four years that I did French. The rest, other three years in that year, group of my year in school did German. But I fell into the category of learning French. Okay, so how many languages do you actually speak? I speak French. I speak a bit of German. I can speak a bit of Greek and speak obviously a bit of Turkish and I can speak Welsh. And English. So... Imagine how many universes do you have access to? Mm. It's fascinating. It's like you can cross paths with anyone and just chat and learn something different all the time. Mm. I'm jealous. I'm signing up to Italian school tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag learn a new skill. (laughs) Hashtag new languages. No, I'm going to get serious with French. Truth is... I'm really good in class. I'm, I'm really good. I pay attention. And I today my teacher said, oh, wow, you're starting to speak a lot in class, but in French, which I know she was criticizing me because I distract my classmates, but I'm doing it in French now. So that's, yeah, that's moving forward. Mm. My problem is I get home and I completely forget about 
homework and practicing. And instead of listening to French podcasts, I listen in English. So <laughs> get a little lazy with that. But I want to get serious because um, I have one of my friends is getting married in, uh, in, in France. And, you know, I want to get there and I want to be able to like have a proper conversation mm. and ask for champagne in, in the right way, you know, like do but, it okay. But when I learned French in the first year I was at secondary school, as they call it, um, it was just everyone together and they always said, right, we're doing this pub today. So it's always a chapter, you know, a part of that chapter. Yeah. I was by the first couple months, I was up to chapter six, which was halfway for the textbook. It's like, slow down, slow down. <laughs> I was like, yeah, tell me to slow down. But you were hungry for for knowledge. Yeah. You know? and, and, and and then when it came because obviously after the first year they put us into groups of you know set one was the top level set four was no knowledge whatsoever or basically didn't know how to pronounce so for example bonjour they were saying bancho or whatever it's like okay so (laughs) (laughs) so because i was so advanced in what i was doing they put me into the top set but of then, course. and then for the first couple of years after that, I was in the top set. But then they thought, okay, he's known too much. We better put him back. I said, just to make it balanced. So I had to drop back a set to the second set, which was still oh, good, but not the same. No, but <laughs> but French was one of my top grades. You know, I forgot how it was, but I think it was drama for the top grade. Um, French was my second top grade but science was with that level of French and then obviously English and even though I'm good at English English was my bottom grade and maths was my <laughs> what, but other bottom grades like okay I learned everything but but my two yeah. main core subjects English and maths I was lousy I'd like but then, but then I'm not judging my maths teacher but my maths teacher for the last three years he had a personal and I'm I know he won't hear this so I can get away with it he didn't get on with me let's just say oh yeah I I've, I've yeah I've been there suffered that and I, there was many times where I was sent out of class because I made him so red in anger he was pretty much spitting spit at me because he didn't know what to do Okay, now you made me remember something from uh, my early years. I all my teachers, um, the ones that liked me and the ones that didn't like me that much, they would always say, you know, Silva, you know, my last name, Silva, you speak too much. Quiet. Just be quiet. You speak too much all the time. And I kept distracting my classmates. And I was like, you know, I had a lot of energy. And um, some of them used that, for example, in Spanish class. They would use that, you know, they would make me read chapters of the books and, you know, lead some dynamics. Uh, My English teacher loved me because I was the only one paying attention. So he would, you know, just lend me books and give me extra homework. And it was really fun, you know, have conversations with my teacher in English. Uh, But then, for example, my math teacher, one of them, she was just this mean person. She was mean. And I, I know, like, some old friends, they loved her, and she loved them back. But for me, she was just this horrible person. And of course, she was horrible, so Matt was horrible in consequence. Mm. So I would barely approve, like, barely. Just, like, ugh, like this. Um, And then, what, like, subjects that I hated. Chemistry, biology, um, math. And we had electricity for some reason. Like, who teaches electricity to 14-year-olds? Like, oh, you can put this and this, and then just it creates a spark. Why would you teach us that? And what would it benefit in the future? (laughs) Seriously. Like, I mean, I have a USB light. I don't even plug that. Like, I don't understand why we have that subject. And then the other one we had was called Ogar or Home. And 
it was just a bunch of like like craft arts, like things that we had to do with our hands. Ew. Ew. It's like uh, you would think of like the ghost scene, you know, that famous scene with Demi Moore doing something like pottery, whatever. Which is now getting re-released this year, incidentally. Oh, really? Yeah. I but not with Patrick. But not with Patrick Swayze, with Tatum Chenum. Well, it would be terrifying if Patrick Swayze showed up because he's definitely dead. So definitely yeah, that would be a ghost. That would be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but again, like you see that scene and she's like with the pottery and all that, and you see it and it's like a sexy scene. But then when you wrap the materials and it's cold and it's sticky and it was so gross, so gross. And so we had to do a lot of different things, like to decorate the house. Of course, my mom kept all of that in a box. She never used it as decoration because <laughs> I didn't have the skills. Um, and again, why would you sit me down for like four hours a week just to teach me home stuff? Yeah. Like, Pointless. Mm. But then I had, yeah, I had Spanish class, I had history class, geography class, and oh, looking up like world maps. That was fascinating. Mm. Learning about, you know, um, we have Simon Bolivar, that is like our local hero in Venezuela. And so learning about his journeys and doing all these great things for the people in Latin America in a horse. Like, I travel by plane and I complain when I get to my destination, like, oh, my God, my back hurts. Oh, I'm so tired. Can you imagine these guys traveling by horse? Like, <laughs> like crossing the Andes by horse? Mm. I don't, yeah, I can't even imagine that. It must have been fascinating and super uncomfortable at the same time. But it was fun to learn that, you know, mm. reading the books. So, yeah, school, I don't know. Overall, it was a little fun. But the teachers were mean. Mm. They were mean. And they had no sense of humor. Well, my maths teacher, he broke the record for sending people out of a class once because they didn't do their homework. Classic. There was 20 in the class. He sent out 15. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was an empty classroom. I mean, the five that were there. Because everyone said, no, I didn't do it. I was like, didn't do it outside it's like and the old code was just <laughs> but funniest <laughs> moment going to school and I don't mind sharing this because my school teachers know about it who do follow the podcast there's these old bicycle sheds now bicycle sheds oh. back in the day were just a basic and open not as it is now with a thing yeah. and you it was a thing with a roof over the top the roof was made of asbestos. Oh. Which is technically not allowed now. That's why they don't I have know. them. But back in the day, and I don't mind saying this because I've shared it with many times with my friends <laughs> and they know about it. Back a year before I left school, so I was 15 at the time, the year above me were leaving school. And part of their humor was always making me do stupid things. Now, me being where I was did this stupid thing that what they wanted me to do before they left school which was to walk along the roof of this asbestos led bike shed oh and they liked it and they said to me jump which I did nothing happened hey no you're alive <laughs> yeah they told me to jump again in the same spot I did Crack, I went through. <laughs> it wasn't I, so I just landed literally on my backside, but I went straight through and I sat there. And the funny thing is, the deputy head teacher came along, or principal, depending where you're from, but deputy head teacher came along. He said, What are you doing on the floor? I heard this. And I said, Nothing. Well, you're coming with me. And he went like that. I said, Okay. So he took me into the room where he was and he said, What? Well, you're not going to go back into class this afternoon because you don't deserve to because of what you did. I said, okay. 
fun. Like, oh, okay, I've been punished. I'm not I'm going to I'm fine at the end of the day. I had to go and see him again because I had to go from where his office because he was teaching that. And then he's like, David, with regret, because of what you did this afternoon at lunchtime, we have to suspend you. Oh, you're right. I totally deserve to be suspended. But Seriously. I, was, I was like, okay. And then like, I, I, I think, don't think I that think, that is a punishment. Yeah. You know? Like so, I, so, so I was suspended for a whole week. And I was like, yeah, okay. Even though I was grounded by my own mother, I was like, yeah, I'm grounded. I'm suspended from school, whatever. <laughs> I was that age. <laughs> And then I had to go back after my suspension into his office to say I'm back, obviously, because I had to report to say I'm back. Yeah. And this will make you laugh because he said, OK, we were going to char charge you for the damages. I said, yeah, OK. But because we're going to knock him down anyway, you helped us knock him down. So we're not going to charge you. What? <laughs> You're still in trouble for doing damage to the school property, but we're not going to charge you for the... Yeah, well, I mean, it was asbestos, so, like, it was illegal anyway. They didn't know it at the time, but it was no. illegal. Yeah, so they didn't charge <laughs> me, but I was on report for it, and I had to go all week for having a report card saying damage to school property. Oh, God. Oh, but I mean, suspending you, like seriously, do you think that's a punishment? Like, do you think I feel bad because you're suspending me? Like, it just, it, but it made <sighs> me laugh though, just coming back and hearing that we're not going to charge you now. Like, and I did laugh at him, and he said, I, he, he didn't tell me all for laughing because he understood my fear of laughing, but so it's, it's that thing that adults, I don't know when. We as adults forget the stupid stuff we did when we were little, mm. when we were younger. Like, you know that if, if you punish a 15-year-old by suspending him from school, he's just going to spend a week celebrating, like waking up late and watching trash TV. And like, it's fantastic. Kids don't get suspended from school. That's not okay. But... Like, it's not a punishment. It's not mm. a real punishment. No. So, I don't know. Adults have a funny way of forgetting that they were young and that they would enjoy being suspended. I, mm. I don't know. It's, so, it's strange. So, the past, the present, now we're going to the future because sometimes we do have to realise that the future is there, even though we're already in the future. But the future, you, the future being you future being purposefully passionate about communicating to inspire others where do you see yourself going apart from moving possibly to another location i see myself speaking like i would love to be you know in a stage telling people that anything is possible that if i coming from, you know, a very small family and like with a Venezuelan passport, which is worth nothing. Uh, if I've been able to do and to see and to learn everything that I have, everyone can do it. It's just a matter of saying yes and, and daring and doing things even if you're like shit scared, doesn't matter. Um, so I would love to do that. I would love to just, you know, let people know that, things are okay and that it's okay to you know just try something and see see if you're good at it and if you're not good it doesn't matter like nobody's gonna die for that unless you're a doctor yeah don't don't try things if you're a doctor mm. that's so, dangerous so how can people get in touch with you if they want to get in contact with you okay so they can find me in any bakery hitting my forehead against the glass yeah that's easily um, sorted. Yeah, that 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 they will know it's me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn uh most of the time, more time than I would like, actually. Um, as Diana Silva Franco. 
And I'm on Instagram with Comunicar para Inspirar, so Communicate to Inspire in Spanish. Um, and then my website is Diana Silva Franco, so it's not very difficult to remember. Um, and I'm always available for, you know, answering an email, having a five-minute quick chat. I, I love meeting people. I love talking to people. And you never know what kinds of relationships can just happen from a quick chat. So, yeah, anyone can get in touch. Diana Silva Franco, it's been a pleasure exploring your journey today and let's hope the glass stays intact next time you go smacking into it yeah i hope my forehead stays intact too because <laughs> it's big i need to take care of it exactly. <laughs> thank you thank you david that was the journey hosted by wise words imaging hosted by david hackett be sure to like, subscribe and listen to another journey coming soon.